who fucking cares at this point? <laughs> we can cut shit out so I can cut this out if I fucking feel like it. <laughs> That's got to be the intro. <laughs> galactic turn of KK's invites you to Space Cat's happy hour. Let your mind relax. We meet in a dimension outside of time. Canadian KK and me, American KK. Oh, sorry if I did the big water swallow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear it. You're totally fine. Yes, this is our our podcast about all things woo and interesting spiritual shit and personal dreams and journeys and undiscovered segments that we haven't even figured out what we're doing yet. And Mm -hmm. this time, is there anything else I need to talk about with the podcast? What are we about? I think you covered it. Okay. I'm stuck because I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, let's let's do the question. What do you think about the word woo? (laughs) As soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to ask. Actually, excellent question. First of all, I love the word or the phrase, I'm out of the woo closet. I don't know why that just tickles me so fucking much and I can't stop saying it, even though I try to keep myself from saying it because I know it's probably just annoying. I don't fucking know. But woo, I just, I love the word, but sometimes when people say it, I get annoyed and I don't know why. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, when I first heard people saying woo woo, I was like, like, I really couldn't stand it. But then I was thinking about how my first guide that ever appeared to me was an owl. And also when I was in my dark night of the soul that I didn't realize it was a dark night of the soul, my partner, Mike would pretend he was an owl named mama Mike. And I would go under his wing and he would like comfort me. Like when I was really, really low. And then he would go, Hey, is there something about the the sound, the frequency of the sound of like woo that needs to be in the world? And that's why everybody has to start saying it. That's that's KK. like a really <laughs> out of left field KK. This take is on, on woo, but wow. it makes me like it more. So now I have an affection. Okay. Well, I still feel I know I still feel awkward, but conflicted a little around. bit. I'm right there with you because again, it, I think you're. I love what you said about the frequency of the word because I feel like that is exactly what it is it it sometimes really resonates when it comes out the right way quote unquote right you know the way it resonates and if it comes out in a way that doesn't resonate it just is not a word I want to fucking hear (laughs) so I understand completely but yeah if I hear it as like I mean obviously (laughs) that one I like I really love that actually I don't know why he was a southern now mama Mike (laughs) I know well listeners one of our segments is 20-ish questions And I'm thinking we could just have like, this might be too much of a 
if this goes too far, because we also actually do have a plan of what we want to fucking talk about. <laughs> but mm-hmm. the fact that you brought up an owl makes me, because I also love owls. And one of my questions to you uh, that I wrote down to ask you at some point in this 20-ish questions thing was, let's talk about birds. That was literally <gasps> the question that I wrote down. Because yes. I was like, yes. I knew it was going to lead to something, but I didn't, I was like, if I form this in a question, it's going to like limit it. So I just said, let's talk about birds. And that's a sentence, but also a question. <laughs> Yeah, well, first so. first guy that ever appeared to me was an owl. Amazing. Um, de- definitely very masculine. He, uh, I often see my guides as cartoons, so he was like a jaunty little cartoon, like a brown, Aww. very stern-looking owl, but he would do, like, silly things to crack me up, too, so I wouldn't. That's but he, awesome. um, many of my early guides had the air of an elderly gay gentleman possibly British, which is a big, bizarrely a big theme for me in my soul journey. <laughs> I, I might have had a reaction that told you I had something to say. I'm very much willing to hear the rest of your story, but that, 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 <laughs> that was my owl guide story. I have more on birds, but what, what's I'm your so, reaction? The, fir- the first guide that showed up for me was also a gay gentleman younger not I would say maybe I know they're all ageless age is kind of a dumb thing anyway but it was very much like a young maybe like late 20s early 30s probably early 30s type artist living in a loft with a artist studio type vibe love it and And human yeah human um cool I know a lot of times spirit guides show up in animal form first not always, but a lot of people talk about how they first see a guide and it's an animal form. And I think it's usually because we love animals and they're very non-threatening to us. But if they if they were to show up as like a human, they might be like, what the fuck am I seeing? Am I hallucinating? Like whatever. But it's easier to be like, oh, I just saw a tiger. Oh, I just saw an owl. Like it sounds, it feels to us a little bit better, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm fucking speculating. Anyway, I, I got a person. <laughs> And I, I think, love that. <laughs> I th- and I had been sort of realizing that I was hearing something or, or like, I don't hear, th- I don't have any clairvoyance or clairaudience or any of that. So I can't hear or see stuff, but it's all, it's all in my third eye, like mind's eye or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling words for lack of a better, <laughs> I wasn't hearing them. I was feeling them anyway. So I knew I was getting messages, but I never saw a figure or anything like that. It was just words. And then mm-hmm. I got to this point, fuck, what happened? I had done something. What, what the fuck did I do? Oh, I think, well, that's another fucking story. I don't think I can, that might be too long. But anyway, I'd gotten to a point where I was like, okay, I'm okay with male energy at this point. Cause it was, it was very much for me, um, uh, I, I was having trouble. Toxic masculinity is the is the issue. And I was very much, I better get a fucking female guide because I if it's a dude, I'm not going to fucking listen to him. You know, that kind of stuff. Because I was like, men have been telling me what to do all my life. Fuck you. Like that kind of shit. Right. And so right, right, right. whatever I had done, I think I'd done some sort of ceremony around this or, or whatever. I don't, whatever I had done kind of released some of that. And so I was able to like, all of a sudden, one day he showed up as his true form, whatever. And it was a male. And I was like, okay. Okay. And the only way I was able to accept that I had a male guide is because he was gay and artsy and very much just loving, just, I could accept that. Anyway, that was my first thing. What did he bring to you? You know, interestingly, I had, I had ordered a package of <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> And because it was around Halloween, they had sent like a little thing of candy or something just as like a little cute treat or whatever. And it was the candy that I ate. My dad died when I was four, 
but I have a memory of, I have some memories of him, but not that many or whatever. Um, but one of the memories I have is that I was eating Smarties at his funeral. <laughs> this is so dark. I'm so sorry. But anyway, it's actually cute and funny. But <laughs> anyway, I haven't thought about that memory for a very long time. So anyway, I ordered these mushrooms. They got to my house or whatever. And in the package of mushrooms was a thing of Smarties. And it just hit me so I was like holy shit is my dad is someone trying to talk to me like what is going on because I hadn't thought about that memory in ages and I have seen smarties in between when I was five and when I'm 40 fucking one like I've seen the damn smarties but for some reason that memory hit me so hard I was like oh okay and I, I thought it was weird but I was like okay that's really sweet or whatever and that night that's when the guide came in and so I think it was he delivered that memory to me again so that I could something maybe I don't really know whatever it was it triggered me to be like oh male energy is okay or something like that I I don't really know what the purpose was but that was what triggered him coming in was that little fucking package of smarties (laughs) wow yeah well that's a lot we don't have to uh (laughs) no that's amazing and it's just so interesting because my first guide being a a male owl and then I'm I've seen him subsequently as a human is very old and in my dreams i mean the first i'm just hitting right around now two years on my awakening and the first two years were really spent getting comfortable with my masculinity and especially like just knowing that i've lived many lives mm-hmm. like often as a british gay man <laughs> it seems it's like a big... <laughs> i love this and like <laughs> yeah that aspect of myself that had been very suppressed and was very much a shadow and then it turned into this journey with gender fluidity and like it was like all about that and throughout that whole process birds were like my world the birds were like coming to me I couldn't go out without hawks circling around and like nut hatches would land on my finger and stuff like I was just having like this Fucking love Disney princess with birds it was <laughs> wild it was amazing and um wow. I feel like it really ties in with what we were going to talk about today because now we've like really shifted into feminine energy but for both <laughs> this is well for anyone one still listening no I'm just kidding I we did have a plan for talking about a couple different things first and then getting into feminine energy and I'm actually still interested in talking about our healing sessions and also more about birds but I I love those stories I love that you have an owl I've always been very connected to owls but I don't they've never shown up as you know guides or giving me signs or anything like that I just love owls and I love them so much they're so cute yeah, I've yet to see a real live one, which is such a goal of mine. They're <laughs> they're special, and I can't. Anyway, I know that birds are a thing for me that I haven't quite unpacked. It. The reason I wanted to talk about birds was because it's clear that you have a connection to them, even though I didn't know your guide was a was an owl at first. But I just <laughs> I see you post on Instagram about owls and or owls. I see you post bird stuff on Instagram, and I always yeah. love them. I just I just had this feeling that birds were a thing we need to talk about. I think it was water baby tarot mm-hmm. in a conversation maybe with Jess or Noah, but talking about how like the original galactic race that came from another universe to like help found this universe was like a bird race, the avians, the blue avians. Interesting. Called. And that has, yeah, and I'm still, for me, 
the galactic stuff has a lot of resonance for me personally and i do appreciate you know the, the all the the information about it and i like i just like absorb it and see what resonates and like which parts of it do and don't but that anyway i, I still haven't unpacked for me what, what how would i feel my relationship is to that third mm-hmm. race mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> yeah it resonates with me too again i've always felt pretty connected to birds whenever i see them i just love them and i don't really know why and one of my friends is very afraid of birds like i think she doesn't like how dark their eyes are or something I don't she can't really explain it because you sometimes you just cannot explain fears that's fine and so I know that not everyone feels this way about birds but I I just I love them so much and I don't know what was in meditation one night it was like during a I think I was doing inner child work or something earlier that day. So like I had called in my inner child to in this meditation and just, we were just, I just let my mind wander wherever she wanted to go or think about, like, I just let it come in and just, okay, we're just sitting here, whatever you want to do. And all of a sudden, again, in my mind's eye, a ginormous, I live on the third floor. So this bird was big enough to fly in and stand on his feet and (gasps) look into my window (laughs) Oh my God. It was the body of a crow or raven, but the head kept changing. First, it looked kind, it wasn't exactly like a lion head, but it kind of had that mane of lion's hair, but it was sort of fuzzy. So I couldn't really see its face. And then it also, I forget what else it shifted into. The The lion hair was the only thing that kind of is sticking out to me right now, but it, its head kept changing. And so, okay, cool, dude. And my inner child was like, let's go and so we got on the back of this bird and flew for a while I don't know how long or where we fucking went and we Kate we were flying across water and forest and just scenery whatever and then all of a sudden in the middle of this forest was a clearing and there was a very sort of stereotypically medieval type style gray tower stone tower and we just like a helicopter we just landed on the top of this tower and then it kind of turned into a video game where we got off the bird and we went down the stairs kind of if you've ever played the witcher 3 which i have played way too many times so that was probably on my mind as i was going down the spiral staircase which looked exactly like a scene out of the witcher Uh, we went down the spiral staircase and into the tower and then we just sort of ran down this weird mine shaft and fell into some water uh and we were just playing and we just hung out and then my mind wandered again and you know something else happened so very standout moment of bird energy of some type. Well, that's a bird guide. Oh, fuck. God damn it, KK. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> you are correct. Now I have to say more because lately I have this thing where I have these four stone gargoyles, energetic gargoyles in my room at night. So the first time I was like, what are, I just saw them as vague gargoyles. And then when I actually went to look at them, I'm like, what are you? One was a lion, one was an eagle, and one was a cobra, and the, the fourth was a sandworm. Just so I was like, that's interesting because I very much like lions are huge for me. And I, I know they're like galactic stuff with them too. And then Cobra is, I feel like it's more like I have close friends who are very like snake, but I was like, okay, interesting. But then today I was just listening to channeling from the Pleiadians that was saying, yeah, so lions represent the Lyrans, who are one of the first galactic races in this universe. So the blue aliens came from the other universe to like help found this universe. Then the Lyrans often show up as lions. And then the Syrians, by way of Vega, Mm -hmm. are snakes. And then Pleiadians, 
are birds. So she just listed all. I was like, okay, all right. So I got it. I got it. I got it. That's cool. <laughs> wow. Anyway, the birds wow. also connect to the Pleiadians. And I was very much going to talk about Pleiadian stuff that feels connected to Pleiadian energy because what also came up in some of the channeling that I was listening to was like the Pleiadians tend to be very perceived as a very feminine energy yeah. and like all of their different incarnations and dimensions that they exist in, they tend to be perceived as feminine. I have a huge tie to snakes. So I might be one of your mm. friends that has, and that mm. might also be why Sirius comes up. I, I still don't know my connection with Sirius other than going there astrally to learn and teach and all of that stuff. As we uncover more of our galactic heritage, I know I'm very tied in with the Sasani and Arcturians and apparently Syrians, but I don't know if that's where my soul came from. I don't, I don't know where the snake thing comes from, but it's definitely, a. it has been that way all my life. Ever since I was a baby, my family will tell you, I just have always wanted a pet snake. I had a huge, my mom somehow found these ginormous, as in like literally the length of a flight of stairs. Um, Stuffed snake, like a a toy, like like a kid's toy type stuffed snake. And it had things in it like styrofoam or whatever the fuck. It was the 80s, you know. So mine was pink, I think. And my sister's was yellow, or maybe it was the opposite. I don't know, but it was a pink and a yellow snake. And I was just obsessed with this. I don't know how she found these or why she even got them, but that was a very vivid memory for me. And I was so ecstatic because I loved snakes so much. And now I had this huge basically stuffed animal of a snake that I could just curl up with or ride down the stairs which my mom didn't like because that meant it was the seams were gonna break and the styrofoam was gonna come out but we did it anyway and I just I wanted a snake so bad like a live one and my mom was like just not gonna have that she was like no which is fine I understand because she would have had to feed it because I wasn't gonna feed it so she got me a rubber snake just like another toy from Toys R Us or something I carried that fucker everywhere I just was my thing and I just have always loved snake anyway so I'm still uncovering all of that stuff so the snake thing is well, very interesting too Syrians by way of Vega right and then the Vega Zeta the Zetas are also known as the Greys are like the offshoots of the Vega so I feel like okay that makes more sense also that they turn into the Sasani. it's like Sasani. you know what I mean it's so snaky KK <laughs> if, if people are listening are like what are you talking about that the Sasani. okay so the, <laughs> the, 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 I can't remember everything but like Lyrans branched off into Vega I believe and then the vegans became very devoted to spirituality and to spiritual technology to the point where a subset of them stopped cutting off all their emotions and that's what became the zetas which we some people know as the greys and then they had a species crisis because they were so cut off from their emotions and then that species crisis led to their ascension and then they became a hybrid with humans because they used human DNA to help save their species for which they are very grateful and those are the Esasani who are like really lovely and seems to be like very much our allies and you don't need to be afraid of the Zetas but of course we have all these snake fears which is also like Kundalini origin of the universe fears too right that's like the fire snakes (laughs) you got it yeah that was a beautiful and very concise explanation if I had tried to do that it would have wandered for about 20,000 years so I couldn't I was like I'm actually remembering the things okay got it (laughs) I'm impressed that was definitely exactly how I see it too. So guys, we are we are in the deep end now. Welcome to Space Cats Happy Hour. Okay, wow, this is so fascinating and it's going to lead to so many more conversations and I'm so fucking excited. And I love that we can talk about this stuff and then just kind of seamlessly go into our healing 
sessions because all ties together. So now what we were going to do at the beginning was just launch into explaining our, we have traded sessions, KK and I, I did a timeline jump with her and then she did a healing portal with me. Actually, it was the opposite, but whatever time doesn't exist. So it's fine. And we were going to explain what all of that meant so that first you would know what our fucking services are in case you feel like hanging out with us there. And second of all, all of the shit that came up in our respective sessions definitely ties into things we want to talk about that are happening now for the entire collective. We're going to start with describing Canadian KK's healing portal session, which was just about the goddamn cool fucking thing I have ever been through <laughs> in my entire life. This is why in our first episode, they were telling how much trouble they had describing and sort of concisely talking about this healing portal. It is incredibly difficult to describe because it is, <laughs> I imagine it's obviously very different for every person, but you literally just open up this quantum healing portal and a portal can just be anything. It's, it's just like a space where healing happens. At least that's how it was feeling to me to describe it yeah, and yeah, I'm obviously yeah. gonna let you talk about it because it's your fucking service but I was so blown away I would rather you talk <laughs> You are much better PR for me than me, I think. <laughs> you guys, it was so... Okay, so here's how it went. Canadian KK set aside a meditation time. We weren't doing this over video or anything. It was just very much... I was, you know, at work during that time and she was doing her meditation, you know, kind of while I was living my everyday life. I didn't need to do anything in particular. I think you told me that I could just go about and live my life if I needed to do that. However, I really wanted to be connected in this meditation at some level because it just felt right to me to be, I don't know, at least in a place of stillness and where my energy and my higher self could connect in whatever way would be most beneficial to this fucking healing portal because it, it's fascinating to me and I just wanted to, to be there present even though we weren't really talking in person yet. It was very remote. I took an hour to sort of just sit quietly and do my meditation while KK was doing whatever she was doing and I didn't know what that was. That lasted about an hour, maybe a few more minutes um, and then Canadian KK stopped the session really after about an hour <laughs> and then they scheduled another time a follow-up session to go over their findings we met on Saturday it doesn't matter a couple days later we met to go over what they had found and they had written a good two hours worth of notes maybe <laughs> yeah, it was a, a lot came through with you <laughs> yeah. apparently Your self was let's get her done <laughs> so yeah the healing portal was opened on on one day for an hour of meditation and again you can live your life if you want to just go about and do your work and like all that kind of stuff or you can do like me and sit quietly with quote-unquote with you know remotely um, with KK while they do their meditation. Then there is a second session follow-up. Ours took about an hour and a half, but I kind of talked a lot. So <laughs> don't necessarily make mine, you know, standard for you if you're like, oh my God, how much time does this actually take? First of all, it was the best hour and a half or two hours <laughs> I have spent in a very long time. So it's very much worth your while. Um, and healing is generally just a lot of shit comes up during a healing session. And it tends yeah. to take, you know, we're used to very much like Western therapy models where it's like 45 minutes or an hour or whatever the fuck. And then you're done and you're like, session's up, you got to go. And we're just used to that sort of being very boxed in. This energetic yeah. shit is just completely, we're not in the this dimension guys like <laughs> it just takes the time it takes is what we say because time does not actually exist anyway <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> so for me, a bunch of shit came up around past life shit, some trauma as a human fucking sacrifice, some trauma around <laughs> motherhood and nurturing and all of that stuff that has been very much a mm-hmm. theme <laughs> for me. <laughs> And apparently I went into this place or I, I also just sort of, okay. So basically what this healing portal is um, that KK creates, they sort of see what happened. Like your higher self is doing a lot of the work and they're kind of observing what your higher self is showing to them so that they mm-hmm. can present their notes to you. In this healing portal, KK saw my soul ripping up my old Akashic soul contract and writing a oh, new yeah. one. <laughs> writing a new one and giving it to my Akashic Records Keeper where it was safe to step into my full power and all of this really cool ass shit that just it's fucking life-changing and I'm not blowing smoke it literally was life-changing because so many downloads have been coming in around all this stuff and I'm able to actually feel like I can contribute to a lot of the stuff that you and I talk about you know, on our lives or even on this podcast and stuff. And I'm like, things are making sense now. And I feel like I'm unlocking memories that need to be shared as in the memories tie in with things that I think you and I need to share together, like to the world and with each other. But so this is all falling into place for me after this session. And I'm just sitting there like mind is just blown. Anyway, we don't have to get into all the details or whatever, even though I really want to, because a lot of this shit was so fucking fascinating to me. And I'm just convinced that everybody wants to hear my story because I'm the most fascinating person in the entire world. But (laughs) what we're going to do is maybe keep it to a little bit of like a theme. Water was a big theme. Motherhood, nurturing was a big theme. Underworld was a big theme. Obviously, Akashic Records. Feminine energy, guys. Feminine motherfucking (laughs) energy online, real hardcore right now. So that is, again, not super concise summary of what happened, but it's the only, and it's not even touching like how it actually felt so basically canadian kk's healing portal you gotta fucking do it okay just (laughs) fucking do it that's all i gotta say it's life-changing and it's awesome so it was really cool because um another thing that happened was you showed me how you astral traveled your mechanism which was this cool pyramids but their bases were together it was like this pink diamond pyramid prism and you filled it with colorful gas that like shifted colors and you like wore it as like a backpack but you were also kind of inside it and you went around you were a cat right like that yeah. I forget I was a um, cat going underwater to the oh underworld. you were a cat going underwater in the old-fashioned to the in the underworld in an old-fashioned scuba suit and I think I, I don't remember now what you were when maybe you were just you I think um, I might have been nude yeah <laughs> which is amazing that. that was like a really cute aspect but like being <laughs> naked was very important so like <laughs> the whole time oh, man. now which I should point out, I it's just like an outline of a body. I don't mm-hmm. actually, don't worry, I won't actually see you naked <laughs> if you do a session with me. But yeah, like your higher self was really raring to go and packed so much in there. It's not surprising to me that you're having all these. There was also like some activation component. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because in these sessions, like you said, it's like the person's higher self does orchestrating everything. And mostly I'm just watching. And then there's also this beautiful like receiving that's so important energies and stuff that take place but it's a real mishmash it's a real combination of like a reading and a healing and stuff and activations that happen you were the first person that I've done outside of like my friend group where we did the second part 
of the portal where we go live and I bring in energies with the other person there through the Zoom meeting. So that I was really, really grateful because I totally froze up before it happened. I was like, nothing's going to come through because my guides really wanted me to not over prepare and they want me to just be in the moment. So I, I like did the world's worst intro and I was like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I no, guess it was... we could just try this. And then it was all, it was fine. And information came through and energy and stuff. So there were so many teams that then flipped around and came back the next day when you did my timeline jump session and it was incredible. Yeah, I did forget to follow up that part with KK goes over the notes that they found during the remote meditation part where you're not connected. And then after they go over the notes that they have, then there's the second part to that session, which again is partly why it lasts about an hour and a half ish, just depending on the person where there's actual, again, it's we were on zoom. So we were together at that point and it was just very much, they kept narrating what they were seeing. And all I was doing was sitting there calmly, quietly in my meditation pose, very comfortable. And I felt like heat in my hands and all up and down my body. It was pleasantly warm blanket feeling. So again, there's no real suddenly see yourself on fire or something like that. It was just a very, it was like a healing, warm energy. And then they were narrating everything that they were seeing as far as like my ancestors were there supporting me as like a lot of this energy blockages were cleared out, energetic blockages in my kidney area and up and down my right and left sides. And so it was just very energetic. It's well, just like salamander on your shoulder to whisper in your ear yep, because salamander. you have animal yeah. communication abilities. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm unlocking all this stuff. So there, yeah, I forgot about that second meditation part, which is obviously very fucking important. And it was, it was very awesome. Whoo. You just got to make sure to drink a lot of water and take, oh, yeah. take some easy. time. Rest. Yeah. And like, I'm still not at a point where it's easy for me. Like I kind of get a sense it's sometimes hard for me to tell what a person's integration is going to feel like. Cause sometimes I'm like, woof, like generally when we clear out a lot, well, you can feel refreshed, but mm -hmm. if you're clearing out a lot, moving a lot of trauma energy, you can feel very drained for a while afterwards. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just emotions will come up afterwards and just to be released and integrated and processed. Yeah. Um, I always like, like to warn people, be prepared for, <laughs> you know, any kind of integration. For me, I feel like when something major like that happens, if I go through a healing or whatever, I definitely need at least the rest of the day to just be in my couch nest or at least not driving and being a human being or, or whatever you can, it's not like it's detrimental, but I just need a lot of rest and I need to drink a lot of water and I'm privileged enough to be able to take that day. You know, I don't have kids. I don't have anything that's draining my attention or energy. So again, it's fine to be a human being. I'm just very much a hermit and like to be in my couch nest. So it was, it was good For that sure. I had that time. <laughs> the integration keeps happening. Like I, I had dreams afterwards, almost every, I can't remember. Anyway, dreams kept coming up, which I don't always remember my dreams. So that was a really cool activation. Um, and I always write them down in the morning because it's really fun. And, and just kind of let things, I feel like a week feels like a pretty good amount of time for me personally, where it's like, okay, things are starting to make sense. Things aren't feeling overwhelming anymore. Like during meditations, I would be like, whoa, just like a download would come through and I just wouldn't, it's not overwhelming in a bad way. All of this is very cool shit. I love the feeling of those downloads and all of that stuff kind of gets spread out for me again, just me over about a week of this will come through in this night's meditation. This will come through yeah, in tomorrow's night, you know, and it's not like it only lasts a week, but I feel like the intensity of it and the, the frequency of it 
that is a little bit heightened during that week following the healing. And that was what happened with yours. And so I think the next day or whatever, that's when I did my timeline jumping session for you. And I told this to you afterwards that I don't know what was fully like, even you described it to me too, but I just, it was like so lovely, gentle and thorough. And I had for some reason, these qualms that it was like going to be too fast. And it was like, really not. It was so like leisurely again, like I can just lie down and in my bedroom, (laughs) I think it's so funny. Like the pandemic has gotten us to a point where we're like, yep, we're going to have a remote healing session and I will literally lie in bed and you will watch me weep. (laughs) I was just going to say, I feel like the pandemic has actually helped a lot of that stuff because we know that we can do it remotely now. And it's actually sometimes better. Like, honestly, if, if I had to do a timeline jumping session with someone in person, I don't even know that that would feel right. I feel like it needs yeah. to be over this remote stuff. So anyway, yes. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So much more comfortable. I like to do any kind of yoga work too. It's like, get mm-hmm. me not in the same room as people. So <laughs> yes, I can, I can put my thing on mute and nobody has to. Yes. <laughs> even know of my existence. So yeah, I was just lying there. And then you guided me through this whole process, which is so cool because like each step of the way, you're basically, you have to get ready to go. And then you're going through this tunnel. There's like a vehicle that you get into and you're like going through doorways or portals. And then you meet that, like you also have to do a, a portion where it's like really integrating and feeling your current timeline. And like, there's like a whole visualization around that. And then you meet yourself that's on the new timeline. And then you like very like nice and like gentle you like approach them and then eventually merge with them and then after that there's like another process where you still have time to let that sink in and then you're like fully integrating them at each step of the way you're asking me questions about what I'm seeing and sensing in all ways and then building this beautiful like story out of it that was so nice that I was completely not expecting at all I was telling you afterwards like I've had some sessions where people were requiring my participation (laughs) like feedback back in the moment even in therapy I tend to get very triggered by that being asked uh, like spectrum thing you know Mm -hmm. Um, I just like tend to freeze up and like your energy was just so gentle so it wasn't even an issue like if I got triggered I was able to just be triggered and not feel any pressure and then it was so so soothing and the way you wove the whole narrative together built this beautiful story out of it was so it's also just so fun and that's the thing all of this stuff when I first started you know, even growing up hearing about healing sessions, that was all like weird people who were just, you know, hippies or totally belonged in a mental institution or whatever. And then even as I started to accept that was a real thing that even I wanted to do, I was still scared of it. It just, all the words sounded weird. Like, what does Reiki mean? That sounds scary. And if you don't know what it is, like that kind of stuff. And and even the word timeline jumping, I, I kind of want to find another word for it because honestly- it's very quick. A it, jump is so fast. <laughs> and this was so nice and gradual. Yeah. I think that's the big crux of it. Cause I yes. was like, jumping is so fast and you spread it out in this way where it's like you have time you're not feeling like you're being pushed off a cliff (laughs) that's exactly why I want to try and find another word for it because that's what it is I mean that's a a really good description of what happens you move from one timeline to another but really what it is is you are creating a new story that you're going to be living from this moment on and your old self goes into the void and dissolves that storyline 
storyline and then meets the new self and starts living that new storyline. And it's, yes, it's fast in a way because your transformation can be very quick. We're used to things taking so much time because we're used to time feeling so slow and we don't get what we want all the time that quickly and, and that kind of stuff. But you can start living a new goddamn story whenever the fuck you want. You just need to have that confidence that you can. And that's what that void does is it literally, there is nothing in the void and also everything. So you leave behind what you don't want to have anymore. And then you take the seeds for this new story. And that's what you exit the void with. And yeah, that made it sound, you know, snappy or whatever, but you really, it is a slower process. It's not like bypassing anything. You're definitely going through the release of the old and stepping slowly and comfortably into the new. And then you just start living a new fucking life. And that doesn't mean necessarily that you're never going to have a bad day again or never start acting like your old self again or whatever. It's just, you are telling reality that this is the new you and you're just standing firm in your new story until that story starts to be reflected out to you like it already is in your head so yeah I, I definitely need to find a new word for it because that timeline jump is it sounds cool and it is cool but it's also very like I feel like maybe a little off-putting to some people and so I need to figure out a better way so I've been in the process and again this is all connects back to this new feminine energy like the void is that very feminine space yeah and so I've been in the process of like repairing my relationship to it so if you're with somebody like me who doesn't have a good relationship to it it can be really scary to think of going in there especially for me my whole thing is like feeling very alone in the void so to have such a comforting presence the whole way through was like so great I mean as I said like I had to grab my in my head I was my cat's coming too like I was holding the cat the whole time I was yeah. like I'm bringing everything with me to this yeah void and so that was really lovely and every step of the way was just like super yeah I have the time and now there's time to digest this part of the journey and that part of the journey and I ended up getting really triggered when I saw my myself myself was the timeline that I because as I was saying I've been on this two-year thing of really getting in touch with my masculinity and part of that was that every time I went into visualizations or meditations and saw myself it would be a very like masculine presenting self and I kind of got in my head about that and thought that was telling me that that was like how I needed to present externally henceforth <laughs> or something. And I got really rigid about it. And I had already been kind of going through a bit of an internal freak out because I'd started microdosing testosterone to like explore. And my guides were very supportive of that. But then I was hitting, there's like a certain point you hit, you know, when you're with testosterone. Testosterone works fast. Estrogen works really slowly. Testosterone works really quickly. So at a certain point you hit where the physical changes start to become more and more apparent. And I was hitting that point and getting very overwhelmed <laughs> oh. and just feeling like panicky and stuff. And so I'd like literally just a couple of weeks before had like a huge meltdown of feeling like I was supposed to s surrender to this experience because my guides were like really encouraging, not being able to connect with my body super strongly or my own desires about it in this like consistent 
way and wanting both like wanting on one hand that masculine presentation but like wanting to be like a real actual live shapeshifter and go back forth mm. and then initially way back when just when it was all theoretical feeling like yeah that's possible people are literally shapeshifter like I've heard someone who's literal shapeshifter be interviewed before like this is I'm like I'm a god this is the new world I'm the yes. new but then hitting the reality of hormones in my body and like what that was you know all of like the human programming and all those things and just like freaking the fuck out and then I had this epiphany where I was like you don't have like nobody's making you go further in this than you want and like it's all in me it's all me interpreting things to be like I must now I must fully transition or whatever and it was like no nobody's telling you to fully transition or do anything they just want you to like explore and play and see what feels good so I just kind of had that breakthrough where it was like okay (laughs) I don't have to like race towards you know being on testosterone like at a high super high dose or forever or anything at full tilt and then I saw myself in the timeline portal <laughs> and I was very feminine and it really triggered me because again, with my, you see my internal stuff that I baggage that I have is I'm always like, oh shit, I'm doing it wrong. So I was like, oh fuck, I did everything wrong. And like, oh. I'm like, I wasn't even, you know, and I just went into this whole thing of why did I, you know, I must've gotten it all wrong. And then I just got really hard on myself and yeah, it started, but yeah. it was like very productive because mm-hmm. it brought in this, but then it like allowed all this stuff to come through of feminine energy in the days that followed so the next day was just me weeping like massive wave of grief that I kind of had to like shut down a bit while I was focusing on the masculine because I just didn't have room for it It was almost like fucking up my masculine to be so overwhelmed with like feminine anger and grief you know yeah I just had to let him breathe for a while (laughs) but then I had to go back for it and it was everything that Jessa said from Silverish and AOD that she talks about whenever she talks about the 70 download of the earth is coming online we have to get our connection to the earth super solid with our bodies really get into our bodies get out of our head space and like really get to know feminine energy and she's always you know if you're trying to do stuff and you're not giving your body time to rest it will make you rest and that was like I was just I was flattened um and I thought I knew (laughs) I thought I'd already been like juggling that feminine energy and it was like you ain't seen shit <laughs> Did you have something you wanted to say there? I had flashed back to the live that we did a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago at this point where we were talking about the fried nervous systems and all that stuff. And you were talking about how a wave of divine feminine rage had risen up to be processed in the collective consciousness. And that was part of what was frying our nervous systems. And yes. after this healing portal with you, I was sitting in meditation. One of the images that came into my mind's eye during meditation, as I was thinking about this divine feminine rage, it was this think Lord of the Rings style, ginormous red landscape of fire and creatures that I don't know. They were obviously deformed like from rage or you know kind of like a golem the lord of the rings but not real i mean it didn't look like golem but like that kind of vibe of he was a human or whatever and then because he went through all this he held on to the trauma and like all that other stuff he became this like creature golem sorry i was like i'm just remembering the feeling in my body when i saw this landscape it was a lot at first when i saw this i think i was only seeing a little corner of it because i was like oh the divine feminine rage oh it's this 
nice little compact thing that we can all just transmute. It's fine. And then it was like, I zoomed out and saw the whole thing. I honestly don't even know if I saw the whole thing at that point. Holy shit. And then I was just in it. So I don't know how far it went because like I saw a big portion of it. And then I was like in kind of like a canyon type thing or something where it was just fire and lava and like kind of dragony type things. But again, they were all sort of deformed and it wasn't crowded. Like I wasn't scared or anything, but I was just, I got real serious, you know, like (laughs) I, I oh, okay, this is whatever I'm seeing. This is what we're processing. Or at least the visualization that they wanted me to see, you know, of, of how major this was. And I really honestly forgot about, I, I, I sat there for a minute, just like, okay, let's just put some healing energy towards this landscape. I don't really know what to do right now because I obviously can't fix the whole thing yeah. <laughs> in one second. I think I was meant to forget about that for a minute. Yeah. So whatever you just said triggered me to remember that because I was like, oh, fuck, that's going to take some work. Again, it, I'm making it sound very dramatic because it kind of was, but also it was like, oh, it's it's here though. It's no longer buried. It's, it's out in the open. It is rising and we can actually now meet it where it is instead of hiding from it or pushing it down further into the underworld. And I'm like, it's able to breathe air now. It's like a wound that has the, the thorn is out of the finger now, and you can actually put medicine on it and a bandaid and you're like that kind of shit. That's how it felt. It's going to take some, some work, but like, there are a lot of people coming online who are able to sort of add that healing energy to it. And honestly, adding healing energy to it can be as much as like healing your own shit inside of yourself. You don't have to be like, let me just sit in this red landscape with these crazy dragons and sit in this fire. Like you don't have to do that, (laughs) but just, it's a lot. And I forgot about how deep that image was until you just triggered that uh, memory. So thank you for letting me share that. (laughs) Well, I feel like it's like a counterpart to what, where I went. So I had this vision, but then it corresponded to this often happens when I'm working with somebody, they are like showing me something in my own healing path as well. So we had seen that your underworld, your version of the underworld was underwater, which I thought was really cool. And something that came up, which just came up as an autocorrect, which are always, I have to follow those rabbit holes was the Dolomites. And then I looked into the mythology of the Dolomites, this Italian mountain range, where there's these angunes, feminine water creatures that protect these underwater cave portals, but they're also kind of malevolent. I had forgotten, but ages ago, I had done a Lemurian meditation to ask for information about Lemuria because I never, I always felt connected to Atlantis and not so much Lemuria. Actually, I'll just give the tiniest capsule summary. So Lemuria, people often talk about Lemuria, but apparently Lemuria was just like one colony of the Mu extraterrestrials. They were the first extraterrestrials to come to Earth and like do any kind of colonization project and like work with the humans. And I so I believe they must have been Lyran. And then um, their whole thing was teaching humans how to live with the land and be in connection, deep connection with the land. And they were also very connected to the water. And so they they went all around the world and the people of Mu <laughs> were, were like being coached <laughs> by the Mu ETs. They were all spread out everywhere. And if you listen to Hopi indigenous mythology, there's t- they talk about like a, a, a continent that very slowly sank and it did it so slowly that there was able to form like a land bridge and that's how they came to North America and stuff. I and forgot so, about that. 
again, very earth-connected feminine energy. And Lemuria itself is like one specific colony that was somewhere in these islands in the Indian Ocean and was like pretty successful at fighting off Atlantis invasions. Anyway, so then if you know the story of Atlantis, Atlantis cataclysm happened really quickly and Atlantis sunk very, very quickly into the sea, whereas Lemuria was very gradual. And apparently a lot of Lemurians were shapeshifters or the people under Mu <laughs> were shapeshifters and they were able to like go into the water and become water creatures. Oh. So that's one thing that connected to these Angune spirits. So when I, way back when, when I did my Lemuria meditation, I saw this being that was black and white, feminine. She had long black hair. She kind of looked like Marceline from Adventure Time, if you know that cartoon, a awesome. bit vampiric. She had these metal fangs. So she was like kind of melancholy, but also she would flash this really like malevolent smile. And she kind of freaked me out. She went inside this, I kept hearing like Leviathan and she was like in the water. And at the time I was like, oh, that's wild. And I didn't really connect it to me at all. I was just like, whoa, that's a trippy image. I looked up Leviathan and it turns out it's like this ancient, like it's known to be like a very ancient feminine sea snake, huge creature. So- That was like a long time ago and I'd kind of forgotten about it. But then suddenly I was having this vision come to me and it was like that entity again, that little like black and white fanged feminine thing. And I was like, ah, at first I, I, I got scared. I was like, why is this in my bedroom with me? I don't want it. And then I was like, wait, 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 this is an aspect of myself. And I was like, what Ooh. does she have to show me? And so then I went with her and she took me to this island or we, I kind of took her to this island and it was an island of healing. And now here's where the Lemuria stuff for me always kind of Venn diagram overlaps with Mintaka, which is this underwater, very feminine planet of like almost mer people that was destroyed. And for me, feels very connected to the Pleiades. The Pleiades are also like, as we just said, like very feminine. And for me, it's connected to the Pleiades. Okay. Mintaka has this like the people feel connected to Mintaka holds so much grief for that lost planet. So when I was following this being, she felt like Lemuria and Mintaka overlap, like holding the grief for both of that. So as soon as she got to this island, she just started weeping and she was weeping and weeping. And it was this island where she had to go for a thousand years of healing. So yeah, it was like really, it was really epic. (laughs) And like, I was going through the healing process with her. So she was, um, the first 250 years, all she could do was cry. And there was a spirit team was there for her comforting her, but she was alone. And the solitude was kind of important. And she was alone, even though like on the other side of the island, there were like human beings doing their thing. (laughs) She was just alone, weeping and weeping. And then like, then she would flash her malevolent fang smile and then she would go back you know like she was still like having those moments of rage to the point of pure spite and venom you know like it had become so twisted which is what makes yet Gollum, right yeah yeah so there's like the fire and the water this is the water side so wow yeah, yeah so she was like very and so there was almost an aspect of becoming a bit possessed where she had to kind of shed some stuff that wasn't even like it was like she'd allowed herself to just get full of real malevolent energy so I saw that like oozing out of her after 500 years 
her fangs had retracted a bit and her eyes were still flashing a little. She had like these like snaky eyes kind of and they would do a snaky thing. And she was still occasionally running around terrifying the children of the island, which was kind of funny. She had to like <laughs> let off some, some of her rage. <laughs> but then, yeah, still doing a lot of crying. And what she would do, so there was a little like round pond in on this island that she would just lie out under the moon. And like that was very healing for her. She would just lie in the water underneath the moon. And then more wow. crying and more crying. After 750 years, that portion, she was starting to become less, like at first she was really wispy and she was starting to become more substantial and get flashes of her original color, which was more like shimmery, mermaidy, like blues, pinks, purples, and greens. And her fangs were gone. So in the, up until the first 500 years, she was always, every time it was daytime, she had to run and hide in a cave. But what happened in the, this part was like she would be lying out at night on the water and the moon. But one night she'd lay out so long that the sun started to rise and it was fine. And she was and it was, in fact, very healing. So she was able to like reconnect with the sun energy and it went over her and she started shimmering back into more of her color. And so that was like a big turning point of her healing and then this is so beautiful the final 250 years she was joined by others like her who are at various stages of their healing they were all feminine beings and they were all crying together and then they started purging because they had so much guilt first about they had guilt about having forgotten their limitlessness and their like unity to the point where they were like allowed their things to be destroyed you know and also they had a lot of guilt about what they'd done when the grief consumed them and they became super malevolent really dark shit so i just saw them purging and purging and they would be holding each other's hair back while they just like purged out all of this ooze black ooze my god and then they would go in the water together and they would sing and it was the song of mintaka which brought them into the frequency of mintaka so they could like experience it again in this way it was so beautiful and so mm. healing <laughs> yeah and they would sing the song and they were all like back to being like super rainbowy colored and you know experiencing joy again and like playing in the water and they were able to procreate with each other even though they were just feminine beings it was really cool it was like yeah um, frog style <laughs> okay. I forget which ones can and so they had these little little mer babies by the oh. end and it was like very sunny and yeah so I had that vision and I was holy like, shit even then I knew okay that was an aspect of myself but then I had an Akashic reading like a few days later she's like yeah that's you 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 and I was like right actually me <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and, holy shit and she's like she's like and that's where you go in your astral because it's such a beautiful healing place that's where you go to just hang out in that 250 years because it was such a gorgeous time for you and so amazing so you just go there oh my god so so it's just like whoa and also i'm gonna be doing this is like a first for me but i'm gonna do a group portal healing for that specifically that's gonna like walk us through a thousand years of healing can uh, i be a part of that yes <laughs> very much Count so I'm just in. like it came to me like I did another session with another person and then it came up for her as well and I was like in the in, in the middle of like my meditative state I was I gotta do a group thing this is <laughs> like yeah but it feels like very much yeah just so connected to fully allowing that 7d energy yeah. in and like healing from all because then I was I went down some really really dark roads in looking at my masculinity and why I was so estranged from it and I saw for me past lives are very useful tools i saw some like super super traumatizing stuff that i did mm. as a man it was very very upsetting and i just re-experienced that <laughs> this week okay of things that i'd done as a mother especially 
there's an aspect of the mother wound that people hold for that distortion that ends up taking the form of, I, I don't even know how to describe it yet, but it was just last night I, I watched this movie and the movie was exactly what I'd done. And I had so many other sinks ooh, leading up to show me that that was what I'd done. And I got so triggered. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. It was very upsetting. I'll just say uh. that. And I think we need as much help as we can to heal yes. that because it's even more upsetting because the, the stuff I did as a man, it's almost a little bit more removed, but like the stuff you do as a mother that causes harm, mm. it just causes the deepest soul trauma. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that that is... Sorry if this is a very triggering episode, people. We should put a little trigger warning on this one. I'll put a little... Yeah, I'll I'll put a note on there um, just to to say. But I think this is really valuable because this is... Healing is not a linear process and it is not a clean process. It is very messy sometimes. And yeah, you get to a point where it gets easier. You can move through the the shit a little easier, but that doesn't mean it always is, you know, and we have a lot. I, I think the, the motherhood nurturing forgiveness stuff that came up in my reading with you, well, your healing portal that you held open for me, it was stuff that I had done and in a past life. And I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I know it was bad enough that it was traumatizing. And I, carried it into this life so much so that I, the thought of having children makes me nauseated and I never could figure Same. out why. Same. Because it's not like I, I don't like children. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a real terror. And it makes me like when, when I would think about it, I would have a physical reaction that felt a little overblown for the simple question of like, do you want children? Like it's a simple question on its surface, but we have been carrying a lot of shit. So it now and makes just, a little more sense. I just want to say about past lives for me personally, it is helpful for me to actually see some of these things and not everything. And this one, I was like, don't show me. I get it. I get what I did. I don't need to see anymore, yeah. but not everybody has to, I don't want to, I want to be very clear. Like if you're listening to this and being like, what the, like not everybody, I don't believe that at all. Like not everybody takes the same path and people some people are really not into revisiting past lives and that does not mean that you can't heal from them there's all these paths yeah. I think some of us take the path where we see it because then it helps us in the work that we do or whatever mm -hmm. for whatever reason it can be helpful or healing but it is not a prerequisite yeah, yeah. so if you don't want to go down that path you do not have to <laughs> yeah and that's that's a really good point because a lot of this stuff and I think that's partly where a lot of my fear around trying to start any of this healing stuff came in from because it felt like it was out of my control. It was like, oh, if you start healing something, especially this energetic woo-woo shit, it's gonna, you're not gonna have any say in what you see or feel or do or have to deal with or any of this stuff. And it's like, no, this is a free will zone. You have full control over your own consent at all times with any healer worth any actual salt so if anyone tries to tell you differently they're fucking selling something so fuck off you know what i'm saying so anyway we are definitely trying to put this message out there that you are in full control of your healing and you do not have to do anything you don't want to do and kk's right this stuff doesn't come up for everybody it's only I if just, it's relevant i've worked with people who are like no you know there, i know there's something from this age and i don't want to resurrect those memories but i want support with healing and it's mm -hmm. like yeah we will totally do that you know yeah. we don't have to yeah. dig up 
every there's like good reasons like it's not about re-traumatizing ourselves to yes. heal now for me I guess I've cho- <laughs> chosen this path it's a bit <laughs> intense at times but it's okay I don't think anybody should force anything on oh, themselves hell no yeah for sure and actually I'm still kind of navigating that because the thing mm-hmm. that came up for you I was like okay I guess I'm supposed to the, the human sacrifice thing yeah. I, like, I guess I'm supposed to tell her because the higher self showed me <laughs> I'm like you I think this stuff comes up I, I don't think our souls show us anything that we can't handle or that we didn't choose to handle. For me, it's been all about kind of zooming out a little bit and seeing it as a whole picture as far as knowing that I'm just playing different roles in this very intricate cosmic game and not feeling emotionally attached to those roles not in a cold way, like it didn't matter, but in a way that is like kind of more like raw data sort of where it's like, it's very important because of the lessons that I have learned and am able to help other people with. I guess it's, it's that, it's that emotional detachment from myself. And again, not in a cold way in a very like, okay, I chose to do this. I went through the trauma and that's okay. I did it for a reason. And it knowing that I chose it makes me feel empowered. It doesn't make me feel like a victim. So not everyone is at that place. And that is perfectly fucking fine. I have not always been at this place. So I, it's no one's judging anyone. <laughs> you take your own path and it's all good. So if this resonates, obviously take it. If it doesn't, fucking leave it. And we come back to it later or not, you know, just... <laughs> We are sharing our own experiences in case other people are can get any value out of it for themselves if they're searching for answers, just like we have been searching for answers all of our lives. I actually, over time, like I was told certain, I, I, or I got glimpses of certain past lives where I was actually the one doing something very harmful. And then I had to go back and go back and kind of like feel into it. And then finally, mm-hmm. so that I could actually feel like, yes, that was mm-hmm. me, not just some image I saw. Yes. And yes. it's, and for me, the value has been really breaking down my, uh, my illusion of separateness from other people and really expanding my compassion and like getting away from judgment. I know people can't see us right now, but I can see KK and they were like backing into the feeling slowly, but surely of the past life stuff that you have done to other people. That's bad. That's exactly how I feel too. And it, it must tie back to the nervous system. I feel like, because if I can sort of slowly back into this feeling of like, okay, that was a bad thing I did. And I'm going to, I'm going to be okay with it, obviously, because I chose to remember this right now, but I just need a minute to get used to it. And I feel like maybe the nervous system, it's like going into cold water where you like dip a toe in first and then, you know, maybe up to your ankles, you know, just slowly by little by little. And then your nervous system sort of gets used to it. And then you can start to feel all the feelings without feeling all the feelings to their full intensity just like a yes an outline a great way to describe it just this idea of like it's not I really resonate with the, the the view of we come here to experience polarity and to experience duality and go really go into it and that's not everybody people have their own soul paths and I'm not saying that's but that feels true for me and that then you're not being punished if you did something bad then you because a lot of my I was shown the experience the past life first where I was experiencing the other end of that and then afterwards I would see where I was the perpetrator but it's not karmic punishment it's just like yeah. oh I wanted to see what I could 
yeah. learn and experience from this end and now I'd like to see it from the other perspective to figure that out and exactly. like just like fully have that in my yeah in my soul journey I think it might have been that Gaia episode where I think it was the Pleiadians they said that the word karma has been weaponized and that yes. hit me so hard I was like oh no fuck of course it has you know like and of course that's why we think of karma as punishment because it suited someone in power at some point to use that word to make us all fall in line or whatever you know it helped me put in context the fact that language is whatever we collectively agree a word means to a certain extent you know and so I'm like yeah the, the word karma really just means lesson learning and it doesn't mean it in a bad way it just means it in a you're going to look at this from um, all angles, whatever this is for you. So maybe motherhood or maybe being a fucking tree or whatever the fuck you want to learn, you're going to come into these lifetimes as every part of that lesson, victim, victimizer, you know, whatever. And it's not even right. We're moving into a, an age where this polarity doesn't really necessarily, it still exists as a thing because polarity is a thing, but we're going to be experiencing life a little less dogmatically where we're like, I did this thing. Thing, so now I'm going to be punished by having to live out this experience from the other side. It's like, no, we, I don't even know if that's correct. I just, we're going to well, be more integrated, I guess. And we're going to have that masculine and feminine balance. And so inside of us energetically, yeah. and that yeah. will take away some of the sting of the weaponization of the word karma, I think is where I was going with that. I might've just made that up. Like I don't know, like live different experiences that aren't just like, I want to live one side of this and then the other. It's like, why don't we go for energetically different experiences that yeah. are two sides of one issue, you know, like weird, prismatic other stuff that yeah. we can get to that's going to be yeah. very interesting. Also, a few days after I had that vision and I was putting it all together with like the Akashic reading, which all stemmed from, as I said, being triggered by seeing myself in my family. It just like unleashed everything. Like it was completely came out of that timeline jump. <laughs> Eight yeah. million downloads. I was like, whoa, when I was out at the, this cottage that I went to with some friends, it's my first time going to a cottage. We were at this little lake. It was like circular, like surrounded by cottages and forest. And we were there completely alone. And I was even able to swim, swim in it completely alone. Just like my vision. Wow. Naked in the lake, the lake. And I had wanted to go at night, but it was a little too chilly. But these moons were with me and the moons are represent lunar energy. So I was like, oh, I had my like swim under the window. Wow. Man, you really got some seriously amazing downloads and this is helping. That was massive. Like you just put me right into like, I felt like you was like, okay, we're going to do this concentrated. <laughs> I feel like the masculine journey was like so drawn out and, and this was like, bam. Boom, 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 this, that, this. Amazing. Well, I kind of feel like that's how we've sort of been living our lives. Like we have spent so long in this toxic masculine age that I feel like detoxifying that has felt pretty slow. And then the feminine is like, boom online. And it's not necessarily exactly like that, but that's kind of how it's felt at least in the past few months. I know it's been years at this point, but like the intensity has, it's not fucking around anymore. And so I feel like your journey is that metaphor where like the masculine part was kind of long and drawn out and it's finally detoxifying or whatever. And now the feminine is like, bitch, here I come. <laughs> Like, okay, thanks. And now the collective is also just like, what? So like our, our toxic masculine systems are crumbling and like we haven't gotten the more balanced. We haven't healed all the feminine shit. 
nor have we squeezed out all the ooze of the toxic masculinity. We're getting there, but it's it feels very intense right now because again, think, the feminine is not fucking around. <laughs> I think I'm a bit late to the feminine party because I've been toiling in the masculine <laughs> But like, I know there's a lot of spiritual people who have been in this energy for like, you included for, for a while now and like navigating it and stuff. So it's interesting now to be like, okay, I, I kind of more getting like in a deeper way. Like, oh yeah, that really resonates. For me, I feel like I've been in the surrender mode, which is very much, it feels like the feminine energy of like receiving and surrender is maybe a, surrender feels like a really loaded word. Again, a weaponized word to a certain degree. Yes. I have had the feeling since, I mean, it's only been this year, really. Every time I ask what I'm supposed to do haha all I hear is wait and let go and Saturn is in my 12th house of like ego death and surrender and like all that shit so my nose is being ground into this lesson of like surrender anytime I try to do anything to push something forward like changing my job or starting my spirituality business or any of that stuff it's just like no it doesn't happen and it's fucking freaking me out and I don't like it. I mean I'm I'm finally more stable but the amount of time I've been in this more than you has not really been that much longer <laughs> and it again I've been like talking a big storm about surrender and thinking I was surrendering but actually I was extremely exploring the solar power of the will of like okay I'm actually gonna like shift this reality right now because I don't mm -hmm. like it and now we're talking actual surrender and acceptance and I've spent this week kicking and screaming <laughs> because because my sleep was taken away. And I was like, so help me. I'm like, I will surrender, but obviously not this, this, or this. And it's like, nope, now I'm really put on that path and I don't like it. I also think whenever I talk about masculine and feminine, I have to give this caveat because it's just like, I think, you know, like these are like energies that contain each other and mirror each other and there's when I'm talking about healing the masculine or healing the feminine I'm talking about healing our perception of those energies that are completely filtered through so much programming and it's like I didn't spend four years of my life you know reading fucking Judith Butler to be like <laughs> go back to saying like oh masculine is analytic and feminine is like into you know it's like nah, 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 nah. we're healing these stories we have about these energies and so it can be helpful while we're healing them to just like ex go from that place where it's like yeah okay we perceive this energy as this so that's why we have these wounds around it so that's why we're healing them but i think eventually we're gonna like really explode and i am so here for the people that are like totally exploding Mm -hmm. gender right now especially within spirituality so mm -hmm. anyway if anyone's listening to this and being like oh those old like masculine i hear you yeah. i'm with you yeah it's just like we're kind of getting there you know we're mm -hmm. crawling out of the yeah because i find masculine energy actually has been so nurturing mm -hmm. and i just think it's like why would we want to remove the nurturing from any energy <laughs> I think that's why my guide that first showed up, my main, the one that I call my main guide, I have, I have team, but like, he's the first one I saw. And I think that's why he was there for me, especially first, because he could show me that masculine energy is 
nurturing and loving and good and not just one particular label or whatever that we assign it to. And I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get that now. And I too am with you with the word thing where it's just. I always have my feet in like both camps. It's like, I understand why we're using these words right now. And it is helpful and makes sense. But also (laughs) I'm ready for the system to crumble. (laughs) Yes. Same fucking full hearted same on that shit. And we're, again, we're getting there and it's very, I feel finally very encouraged. And I think it's partly because my nervous system is not being, it doesn't feel as fried right now. And so I'm like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm totally stable right now. I hope that doesn't mean I'm going to be knocked flat on my ass. So let's just mentally prepare for that in case it does. But I'm definitely, I feel like we've been through the fire And there's more fire to come. I'm not saying we're done with this shit, but I feel very like I can handle it. I did not feel like I could handle it a couple of months ago. I was like, if I, if this is what it's going to be like, I might need to check out now because I don't know if I can help anyone, let alone myself, you know, (laughs) I was like, there's no way I can do any of this work feeling like this. I can't even get off the floor. (laughs) It's, I feel a little bit of hope in the, in the strength foundation of like, okay, I feel like I can sustain this and deal with the surrender or whatever that's, that we're still being kind of pummeled with a little bit, but okay. You get to watch me hit my surrender walls. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, this has not been always the most pleasant of, of times, but we wanted to come here, man. And, and I've had moments of finally, you know, in the past couple weeks, I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly why I came here. Like this feels fucking amazing. Of course, my soul wanted to come down during this time. Like I was walking around under the stars, just wow, this exists. I get to experience it. It felt like a fairy tale for a minute. I was like, okay. Uh, So I'm having those moments where I'm like, okay, I get it. But yeah, it's it's got other moments of fiery hellscape. <laughs> That's why I'm um, alive when I was talking about the water and the, the water blessing and the mm. joy and how it came through. Like joy isn't just healing, but it's also protective. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's so hard to get there when your nervous system is fried and you're overstimulated and over got too much stuff going on. It's so hard to get to the joy. But if you can, they say like with tapping on your forehead when you're in a really good state to lock it more in you find yourself in a moment like that where it feels like a fairy tale coat yourself in it as much as possible okay that makes sense thank you for the tip because I will definitely do that I'm do it when I remember (laughs) yeah it's a that's a really good tapping on is it just like the third eye area or anywhere on your forehead yeah like I forget who shared that tip but oh I think it was yeah it was a person who does um work on like the, the nervous system and also radiant circuits and stuff so they were saying like that helps like anchor it into your body okay I like that this is very fucking cool my god we have whoo this has been a this has we been a real stuff. one <laughs> <laughs> Canadian KK doesn't even have a charge on her phone anymore because we just sort of <laughs> talk so fucking I hope you can still hear me. I have to take my headphones off. No, we did. Yeah. I think I'm probably, I don't know how to balance the sound. So you might be turning up and down your volumes if you're listening to this because my voice is very loud and Canadian KK has gotten a little quieter, but well, it'll be fine. Sorry. You can also follow us on Instagram at Space Cats Happy Hour because we do lives there. Yes, we do lives. And if you have any feedback about how you're feeling about the uh, 
feminine energy. Let us know and we'll read it on air or not if you don't want us to read it on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And if, if any of this has resonated or if any of these things kind of, I don't know, help you put in context what you're going through and you want to talk about it or ask a question that we answer on the air. Awesome. And again, we can take your name off if you want to be anonymous or we can just answer it privately. If you don't want to be right on the air, you can also write us a review and we'll read that on the air, especially if it's funny. <laughs> don't feel any pressure to be funny. If you're listening to it in overcast, just hit the star button. Cause that's how people find recommended podcasts in overcast. You have any final things? Drink lots of water. Yeah. Water is super key and especially purified. If you can get filters of some kind, that's preferable, but obviously not everybody can do that. So we're not trying to be privileged assholes about it. It's just, it does help to sort of have some sort of filtration system in place, which I did not realize until very recently. I thought I could just get away with drinking whatever and it's fine. And it is. You just stay fucking hydrated people, whatever. But what if you bless your water and bless yeah. your bless your home sink and tap? Um, there you go. Bless the water that comes out of it. Yeah, and usually I actually heard that about food once. I forget who said it. Some person I was following. They were like, if you are worried about where your food source is coming from, because not everyone can afford to buy, you know, from the farmer, just sort of set an intention to raise the vibration of your food or water higher than your own. And that works. That's fucking all you need to really do. So don't worry about it. Yeah. If you're, you don't need special tools again, don't let anyone sell you anything. Just we're happy that you are listening to us and we look forward to answering any questions you have. And we will be back again in, we'll get this up at some point and then we'll be back in two weeks after that. <laughs> Yay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.